0: Over 250 picks, and only one of those was an HBCU player. That was a reality check. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast. Your number one daily one stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making lots on HBCU, your first listen of the day, every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at Self Exclusives. You see it right there at the bottom of the screen. But if you don't, that means you're on the audio side of Things, and if that's the case, just don't forget the S on the end. I still appreciate you. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Fan Duel. One second, I hope you blessed me. Today's episode is brought to you by Fan Duel, and Fan Duel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. Go to slash locked on to make every moment more. Today's episode is all about the misery that was the NFL draft that went on from Thursday to Saturday, but most specifically, everything that really happened on Saturday and beyond. We'll wrap it up talking about being a seventh-round pick versus being an undrafted free agent. I want to highlight why Isaiah Bolden, of everybody, was the one HBCU player who was drafted, Try to make a little bit of reasoning for it, because I know many people probably did question that, but I want to kick it off with the most pressing question, the most pressing Issue And not really a question, but more so a statement, a realization of mine, the fact that there was only one HBCU player drafted in the three days of the NFL draft this weekend, it was a real reality check for me. First and foremost, shout out to Isaiah Bowden for being the one HBCU player selected. Shout out to every single player who got an undrafted free agent contract. I wanna congratulate every single one of you because that is important. That is the biggest thing in all of this. And I won't allow some of the issues with the draft in HBCUs to overshadow the fact that you made it into an NFL roster. So shout out to you for that. You deserve that congratulations and you deserve that praise. And I think knowing that you're getting to there allows me to not come on here and be somber. I think knowing that there was actually more HBCU players combined as draftees and undrafted free agents than it was last year, it allows me to come on here and be myself. But here's the thing. With those positivities that I can acknowledge, I will also say, and this is not negative bias, the negativities outweigh the positives in this because we don't really care as much. We don't value undrafted free agents as much as draftees. And that's something that we'll talk about. It doesn't mean that being an undrafted free agent is irrelevant, but let's be real when having these conversations. Disclaimer, I'm going to say a lot of things. I just want to give the disclaimer out there. I'm going to say a lot of things today that I I don't know if they're fair. But fair has never been a requirement for the truth, never has. So if somebody says, man, it shouldn't be that way. I'm not saying that it should, but I'm saying that it is. And I think that's an important distinction. It's part of my reality check that I had. See, people sat there on day three of the NFL draft from 11 a.m. That's where it started. That's when it started where I'm at, Central Time. 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. for seven hours. People sat there and waited for the HBCU names to be listed off. And the only person they got was Isaiah Bolden. Can you imagine? Because I didn't do it. I I, I ain't going to lie to you. I saw the writing on the wall. I left and I watched Power for an hour. And I said, you know what? Let me check my phone every now and then to see if somebody got drafted. I saw that Bowden got drafted probably three picks later. But my time was way, <laughs> I felt way more energized watching power than sitting there and waiting for an HBCU player to be drafted. That is extremely draining. And I think the way to fix the issue, because why would I come on here and just vent? Why would I come on here and just give you a bunch of the things that you already feel? I don't want to sit in misery with you. I want to talk about a... Potential solution, one that's extremely difficult to pull off. I've come up with what I think needs to happen. It's not a one size fit all. You go to the shoe store, you're going to have a bunch of different shoes. Everybody's not going to like every shoe and every shoe that you like is not going to be in your size. So it's all about what fits you and really is what fits the team. It's about what fits the collegiate team, about what fits the professional team, about what fits the player. It's different requirements for everybody, but this is my most generic thing that I can start with. And it's kind of a three-step process. Number one is you have to recruit better recruits out of high school. This is not five stars who transferred in from an LSU. This is not five stars who transferred in from Alabama. You need to get better recruits out of high school. Maybe some more five stars. I know it's difficult. Once again, this is much easier said than done, but this is what I think is required. Four stars. Let's get more four stars coming here. And Bomani Jones, a guy in the business, I respect a lot, man. I love Bomani's content. He kind of gave a little bit of critical thinking about the problems with HBCU players not being drafted. And one part of his tweet thread that he listed out was basically a quote from Bob, from Bill Hayes, excuse me, not Bob Hayes, but Bill Hayes, former North Carolina A&T coach about why more high profile athletes aren't coming to HBCUs out of high school. And it's basically like a, hbcus are looked at as an avenue that you go when you can't make it to where you want to i knew this we know this but i think highlighting the fact of why they don't go to hbcus was important simply because the fact that they're not at hbcus is probably the biggest thing i can guarantee you that a bunch probably the majority of those late round flyers those fbs guys who didn't have much production that you're upset about they were five star four star guys they don't get given they don't The NFL doesn't give up on them. I was going to say in a very weird way, but the NFL does not give up on those type of players because they feel like, oh, I can bring that out of them. You got to have a little bit of ego when it comes to this and feeling like you can pull the best out of every single player is a part of that ego. But meanwhile, you're looking at HBCUs who are getting three stars and below most times out of high school. The NFL looks at those guys as low ceiling players from the jump. That's a real thing. That is a real thing. I don't know how you sell a four-star to come to an HBCU, but you need to do it at multiple schools, not just one. It's not enough to just have Jackson State or FAMU have those guys. You need Jackson State all the way down to UAPB to have it. If you want respect as a conference, this is what you need. And you do not have respect as a conference. The next step, you need to play money games. That doesn't guarantee you'll get drafted, but you need to play in money games. And then as players, you need to excel in said money games. See, I know that you probably don't like money games. I don't like watching them. I don't. They're not good games most times. They're not competitive most times. So I understand why you might not like it. But at the same time, that defensive tackle who was able to go against a, a second team All-American guard and show, oh, I can get work on him too? That's beneficial for him. It's beneficial for the school because they're getting paid, but it's beneficial for the players because the players are now given an opportunity to show that it's not because of the people I'm facing. It's not because of my competition level. It's not. That's why we praise the Senior Bowl and opportunities like that. This is important. Isaias Guthrie, I thought, said it well. You're going to have to play money games, quote unquote, money games, because people aren't watching FCS versus FCS tape. There was 11. I believe FCS players drafted, this is not just an HBCU problem. The people you hear talk about it are probably HBCU centric. So we focus on the black schools. But at the end of the day, this is an FCS problem. They don't get high rated players out of high school often. I was listening to my guy Blue. He was talking about just when you divide up the FCS draftees, it comes from like one conference. I think maybe 70% or something of the sort. This is an issue. This is something that needs to be fixed. But you're going to have to bring in talent. you got to play money game. All of those things are going to be required in my three-step process. And then lastly, you have to find a way to continue, first off, the HBCU Legacy Bowl, the HBCU Combine, but improve it. I don't know what you need to do. You're bringing people out. I. Don't, you cannot make somebody draft an HBCU player. So I don't know what the improvement is. I have no clue. But I do know you need to continue to do this because we might sit around and say, oh, there's no HBCU players drafted. But what if those players who were drafted in the USFL, because I believe there was 12 HBCU players drafted there. What if performing in the HBCU combine really did numbers for their stock? What if those guys who got UDFA contracts really got those spots because of the HBCU legacy vote, because of the HBCU combine? This is a very real possibility. At the end of the day, there is nothing more important than getting your foot in the door. I don't care how it happens. I do want it to happen through the draft. I believe that representation is important, but I want it to happen somehow, some way. And I think that the HBCU Combine, the HBCU Legacy Bowl, even though they're not achieving their goal of wanting to get HBCU players drafted, they are doing a service, whether it's USFL, XFL, CFL, UDFA. the exposure. I hate that word right now, but the exposure of that event is beneficial to a certain degree. You cannot get rid of it just because the numbers are not where you want it. And I'll wrap it up like this. After the HBCUs only had one player drafted in the draft this year, I thought back to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now what could he possibly have to do with this? I thought about Giannis and when he got asked was it a failure this season? He was like, "No." And I think Somebody it might have been Taylor Rooks. I don't know. Basically, said failure versus disappointment. And if it wasn't her, sorry to the person who said it. I don't know. It's not a failure, but it's a disappointment. And I said this last year when we were on a high. It's not a linear path. It doesn't go four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It doesn't always go four, three, two, one. Sometimes it goes four, one, seven, two, zero. Five. Maybe that's the path, but it's a consistent up and down, consistent up and down. And I'll continue to be here. I'll continue beating my chest when it comes to all of these players, because that's what we're here to do. I'll continue to show the best of these players. I'll continue to be as objective as I possibly can when it comes to these players. I will continue to do that because that is my job. That's my passion. It's the thing that I love to do, and I love talking to you about it. Going forward, I want to talk about the one person, Isaiah Bolden, the one guy who was able to get drafted. How does Isaiah Bolden stand out from the rest? What made him so special that he was the one? Well, I can dive in and try to figure it out as we continue with Locked On HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And listen, if you put some money down on that NFL draft, ah! it might not have gone too well for you. But that's okay because FanDuel does believe in second chances. And if at first you don't succeed, pick yourself up and bet again. All you have to do to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. They have the first bet, no sweat, meaning if you lose your first bet, then you get up to $1,000 back in free bets to try again. So just be a little bit more wise. Maybe put your money back down on Jimmy Butler because he is a dog. Miami are some dogs. Go ahead and go to the Suns and the Suns and Nuggets. You have the Warriors and Lakers going on. There are so many good series that are still going, still anticipated. I would only go to FanDuel.com to put any kind of money down on them. You know what to do. Make every moment more. And as we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day, we're going to wrap up today's show, talking about seventh round picks versus undrafted picks. But we're going to start with this segment, discussing Isaiah Bowden, why he was the one. Why was he the person above everybody else who got drafted? And I think it comes down to two things. Explosiveness and value. See, Of all of our HBCU prospects, and it was a lot, this is not an I told you so moment, I didn't. This is not an I saw it coming moment, I didn't. This is, I seen it happen, and this is why I think it happened. And I thought there was going to be a lot of HBCU players drafted, honestly. I shot high. My reality check is I don't need to, I, I need to lose some of my optimism. But now that it's happened, I can just tell you what it was an explosiveness and its value of all of those players. I'll just look at the top four, the four people that I really thought were going to be really, I felt confident about three in an Xavier Smith. I'm going to look at those three, Mark Evans. You're probably going to have to change him over to guard. Not really a day. One thing, especially for a late round pick Isaiah land. Well, you're going to need him to bulk up. Same with Arby Miller. And with Isaiah Land, you're probably looking at a positional change as well. It's a lot of things that go into it. Isaiah Bolden, you look at Isaiah Bolden, and it's just put him on the goal line at least once a game because you're going to have to receive a kickoff at least once. You probably hope it's only once, but we know it'll be more on pretty much every game. You're not going to shut out everybody. Put him on the goal line, let him return kicks. He has a clear value. He Yes, we know he's been a defensive back, but in 2021, he was one of the most elite kick returners in the FCS, and that's something they've never had a problem looking at FCS guys for. They have no problem going to look for kick returners and things of that nature, right? So day one, I feel like I can put him on there. His instant gratification value is probably higher than most of the people who are at the top of the class. Because you feel like day one, week one, you can come on and he can be a starter, an impact player, hopefully. But a starter for sure, week one. And I guarantee you that his ability to return kicks was there. I look at Xavier Smith. He's 5'9". I love Xavier Smith. And one of the reasons I thought he was going to get drafted, because if this hadn't came out, no way I would have said that Xavier Smith was getting drafted, no matter how much I felt for him. It was the special team's ability, but you were projecting that. I don't have to project a thing with Xavier or excuse me, with Isaiah Bolden outside of how does it translate. But that's every single collegiate prospect. So I'm going to count that as not having to project anything. See, here's the thing he has that instant gratification. These other players probably don't. But when I'm speaking about these other players and I'm trying to big them up, I'm not saying that they're superstars. I'm not saying that they're number one overall picks or first round draft picks. What I'm saying is there should have been a flyer on some of these guys. Some of these guys deserve the flyer. And I think sometimes when people try to, uh, they try to oppose the way of thought that HBCU players should be drafted. We get treated as if we're talking about our prospects as third round players, second round players. I'm just saying, in the sixth, seventh round, you couldn't have given a shot out there. That's all I'm saying. And excuse me for going on that tangent. It's just something that hit me right there, and I wanted to say it. I understand that you got to switch positions. I understand you have to bulk up. I understand all of these things. I understand he might be—he's short. I get it. But all I'm asking for is a flyer. All I'm asking for is a sixth, seventh round pick. That's all I'm asking for. And maybe I should have saved this rant for the next segment, how we wrapped up, because. It just would have been more applicable there. But sometimes that's, you know, that's how it comes to me. That's how I, that's how it comes to me and I speak it. When it comes to me, I speak it. I can't help it. I'm scattered, brain, but that's why you love me. <laughs> that's why you love me. Because all, all of a sudden I'm just going to go from here to there to here to there. But let's talk about the explosion because we've painted the picture of the value that Isaiah Bowden brings. But what about the explosiveness? Let's read these numbers that we've already read before. 431 in the forty. 38-inch vertical, 10-9 broad jump. The, expl- the explosiveness is amazing, and he's going to be a return specialist, so you want that explosion? You feel like that's something that's going to immediately translate? You feel like he has traits? This is this is what you want. Not to mention he's a four-star prospect coming out of high school. Remember, they don't give up on those type of guys. I said that. Now, of course, you want him out of high school and not trans- transferring in from from a Florida State, but overall, you see a guy who's a four-star, elite prospect when it comes to returning the kicks, wasn't given up on. This is not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Raw ability, explosiveness, immediate gratification, it's all there. It all sets up. That's why I believe he was above everybody else and was the one player who was selected. Didn't see it coming. Didn't think this was going to happen, but now that it did happen, I think I can explain why. But I want to take a look into two different options when it comes to the NFL draft, especially in day three. Would you rather be a seventh-round pick or an undrafted free agent? I would love to know what your thoughts are on that. As we wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. That's wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Excuse me, not for your second listen. Thank you for making us your getting all the way to segment three. It then I also thank you two times for that. I almost jumped the gun on the second listen, but for your second listen, check out Locked On NFL Draft because they're wrapping up this as well. Sorry if it's a sore spot. If, if it is, go check out Locked On NBA. There we go. I got two options for you. But the question becomes Would you rather be a seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent? I'll tell you right now, me personally, I'd rather be a seventh round pick. I'm going to get it out the way right there. Call it ego, call it what you want. I want to hear my name called at some point. I want the phone call. I want to say thank you. I want to cry. I want to wipe my eyes. I want to turn to the TV and see Darian Gray, Texas Southern. That's what I want to see. It'll make me feel the best. And I understand that's talking with a lot of ego. But are we going to be so foolish to act like ego doesn't exist? Am I not allowed to want certain things to make me feel better? You know, here's the thing about seventh-round picks versus undrafted free agents, is you really have the same amount of guarantee that you're going to make the, the team. Seven round, Seventh-rounders are not guaranteed to make a thing. Undrafted free agents, we know they aren't guaranteed to make a thing. I don't have this conversation to spin a negative into a positive. I don't take this and be like, oh, man, so many of our HBCU players were undrafted, but you know what? That's actually the best thing for them. No. I just think it's very interesting because it's a reality that they not only could face, they did face. A lot of those guys are sitting there in the last 20, 30 picks like, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to get selected. And then you have to start thinking, what if I'm a UDFA? What am I going to do? Might even be getting calls if I'm a UDFA or the New England Patriots looking at me. If you don't don't get drafted, we're going to pick you up. Those are real prospects. Those are things that you really do have to think about. So now I ask you, somebody who's not in that situation. I'm not in that situation. Would you rather be a seventh-round pick or an undrafted free agent? See, to me, seventh-round picks... You get the, the ability to have your name called. You get to go into the statistics. Oh, like Isaiah Bowden was a draft pick. Those are people we're going to talk about. See, we're not going to talk about Isaiah Land. We're not going to talk about Marquise Bell from last year. We're not going to talk about the preferred undrafted free agent. We're not talking about Shaq Davis or Mark Evans, who got pretty good money. Shaq Davis got pretty good money to go to the New Orleans Saints. Hey, New Orleans Saints, baby. But we're not going to talk about that. See, for me, being a seventh-round pick, it's all about calling the name and how much you value that. As far as being a UDFA, the value there is you get to pick who you want to go to. It's a little bit of leverage, not a lot of leverage, because you can't really strong-arm somebody. You're an undrafted free agent. If they cared about you that much, they probably would have drafted you. right? So you can't strong-arm a team. However, you could leverage, well, the New York Jets, like me, New York Giants are going to get a little bit more money and they might dish that out, but it's a limit to how much leverage that you genuinely have. For me, the biggest, the biggest honor, or excuse me, the biggest upside of being a UDFA is being able to pick your destination. You can look and say that team does not have good linebacker play. In my opinion, I think I can go and make that team. Meanwhile, if the team with, Patrick Willis and Sam Mills and Mike Singletary and Ray Lewis, they all pick you up and you a linebacker, you sitting there like, I ain't never going to play. I just got to sit here and wait it out. But now I get to actually weigh my options. I get to choose. I get to be selective. And it allows yourself to put you, it gives you more control. It allows you to put yourself in a better situation. That's the benefit of being a UDFA. Is that enough for you? I'm telling you right now, I'd rather have my name called. Now, I wouldn't want to be drafted into a crappy situation. Fingers crossed that wouldn't happen. But I want to get my name called. And I think that's pretty understandable, don't you? But I wonder what would you do if you were in that same position? Let me know at South Exclusives. Right there at the bottom of the screen. But if you don't see it, that means you're on the audio side of things. You know the drill. You've been here all the way. Just don't forget the end. The S on the end of South exclusives. On tomorrow's episode, I'm about to actually send a DM out to somebody to see if we can collaborate. But if that is not the case, we'll be talking about Faison Wilson and why he transferring or him transferring from Grambling is not a problem for just the Tigers. It's a problem for all HBCUs. So I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Hopefully you do the same thing tomorrow, regardless if I have a guest or if it's about Faison Wilson. For your second listen of the day, Go check out Locked on NBA. Go get some basketball in your life. You ain't got to think about the draft any longer. Okay. But in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South the Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.